in their journey with Jesus. And so we just want to come alongside you and support you in that. And so we have a, a place we've set up for you that is uh, just a place where you can come hang out. There's some refreshments. It's called Guest Encounter. Um, you probably saw it on your way in, but as you see that Welcome Home banner, it'll be right there, Pastor. There's some tables set up. And we have a gift for you just for coming today, um, just to say thank you and that we love you. hope it blesses you. And uh, we'd love just to meet you there after the service. There'll be some staff and leaders there hanging out, and you can just come, say hello, and uh, just interact with some people there, and uh, it'll be a great time. Another really easy way to connect right here in our service is through the Connect Register. And that's that little black book on the right-hand side of every aisle um, with a, a bright green sticker there on it. And uh, you can go ahead and pick that up if you're the furthest right on your row. And that's just a simple way for us to know that, one, you were here today. But then also, how can we help you take your next step with Jesus? And there's some uh, little boxes that you can check about some ministries that we offer and some things that the Lord is doing in our church. Um, but then there's also a spot for you to say, hey, here's some things I'm praying through, some things going on in my life that I'd love for other people to pray through. And uh, we take those uh, back to our office during the week, and we interact with them and might give you a call or a text just to say, hey. And uh, so please fill that out. Make sure it gets down the row when you're done as well. That would be awesome. And uh, we're going to hear a message here in a minute from uh, the Bible, which we believe as the authority for our lives. It's God's Word. And so we really want you to be able to hold it in your hands and see it, read along with us. So our ushers have Bibles that they're going to just walk down the aisle and hand out. If you need one, just slip your hand up as they make eye contact with you, and they'd love to give you one. And again, if you don't own a Bible just outright, you don't have one on your shelf at home, um, feel free to take that one with you, and that can be your new Bible. You can write in it, interact with it, and just uh, see how God will work in and through your life as you do that. And in just a minute, we're going to keep uh, worshiping together by giving our tithes and our offerings. Um, but I just want to let you know about uh, just an important thing happening next Saturday is our uh, members meeting to kind of wrap up the year 2019 as we are pressing into the year 2020. And so if you're a member, if you're kind of like a ministry partner to our church, uh, we're just so grateful for all that you contribute to Lift Church uh, financially, um, with your time and energy and serving, um, by just blessing other people with your presence and praying for our church. So we just want to gather together as members and say, you know, here's what God has for us. Here's what we believe the Lord's calling us to as we reflect and celebrate what God has done in our church this past year. So that's next Saturday, and a child care is provided. It'll be right here at John Marshall High School. And uh, you can register so we know how many kids to prepare for at uh, liftchurch.info. And there's a little, uh, you can pull it right up now on your smartphone, and there's a little tab for you just to RSVP to the members meeting, let us know, and we'd love for you to do that. And as we continue right now, I just uh, am reminded so often of why we give, because um, I look at my life and I look at the things that the Lord has given me and blessed me with, and it's just such a response to say, man, I've been given so much. And where the world kind of comes in is they, the world comes in and tries to say, hey, take more get more. You've been given this much, it's awesome, but man, there's another level. You can get more, you can have more, you can be more. And Jesus is such the anti-that. Jesus is the come be less, give, give more, sacrifice more, surrender yourself. And I just love how those two just combat each other all the time in my own heart, and I have to fight against that every single day. And when I do, and when I, I kind of see Jesus win that war in my heart, I find such a fulfillment in my life. And so as we worship together through this time, it's, it's not just something we do every week to kind of help, you know, run the church. That happens. That's kind of an afterthought for us. Really what this is, is it's an opportunity for you as a believer and follower of Jesus Christ to, to watch God get a little bit more of your heart. And so we just want to sacrifice and surrender right now in this moment by giving our tithes and offerings. So the ushers are going to pass the bag through. And maybe you give online. And I would just, you know, in this moment as the bag passes by you, just have a little moment of prayer to thank God for what he's doing in your life as you do that digitally. Um, but we're going to do that right now um, in an analog way by giving. So let me pray for us as we do that. God, thank you for this morning and the truth of your word that reminds us that um, you must increase and we must decrease. And so as we lift you up, God, we get low. And uh, in that, God, we see uh, fulfillment in our life that we never could have experienced without you. So thank you that we can be here together as a community, as a family. And now, Lord, I pray that you would uh, take uh, this offering and press it forward into building your kingdom. God, as we try to make disciples and help people believe in, belong to, and become like Jesus, would we see 
just an amazing thing as we gather together and say, God, we are your people, your church. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing a new song this morning that speaks about that power of God to to build his kingdom and, and to do what only he can do. Just one word, you calm the storm that surrounds me. Just one word, the darkness has to retreat. Just one touch, I feel the presence of heaven. Just one touch. My eyes were open to see, my heart can't help but believe. There's nothing that our God can't do. There's not a mountain that He can move. Oh, praise the name that makes a way. There's nothing that our God can't do. Just one word. You hear what's broken inside me Just one word And you revive every dream Just one touch I feel the power of heaven Just one touch my eyes were open to see my heart can't help but believe that there's nothing that our god can't do there's not a mountain that he can move oh praise the name that makes a way there's nothing that our god can't do there's nothing that our god can't do there's not a prison wall he can't break through oh praise the name that makes a way there's nothing that our god can do There's no power like the power of Jesus. Let faith arise, let all agree. There's no power like the power of Jesus. I will believe for greater things. There's no power like the power of Jesus. Let faith arise, let all agree. There's no power like the power of Jesus. I will believe for greater things. There's no power like the power of Jesus. Let faith arise. Let all agree. There's no power like His power. There's nothing that our God can't do. It's not a mountain that He can't move. Oh, praise the name that makes a way. There's nothing that our God can't do. There's nothing that our God can't do. There's not a prison wall He can't break through. Oh, praise the name that makes a way. There's nothing that our God can't do. Oh, sing. Let's praise that truth this morning. He's worthy. He's powerful. Amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and grab our Bibles and get ready for the Word.
Lift Church has been placed by the Lord in the middle of the growing city of Rochester, Minnesota to feed the spiritual hunger of this community. Since its beginnings, this church has stepped boldly into the opportunity to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ to everyone around. Our emphasis has never been on what we can do. Rather, we have set our eyes on the Lord and asked him to lead us in the mission of making disciples of all nations. Our prayer is that everyone in our city and beyond would know what it means to believe in, belong to, and become like Jesus for the glory of God. We have seen it before, and we have faith to know that we will see it again and again. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is God's church. We give him all the glory and praise. Join us as we lift high the name of Jesus and live in fellowship together. This is Lift Church. Gets you excited, doesn't it? Kind of cranks me up a little bit. Um, we're in a series uh, called 2020 Vision. Uh, we had uh, a message on changing our name uh, to Lift Church, and that was great. Um, you can go back and listen to that online. That was on the 29th of December. And then last week, we had uh, part one, which was our mission. You guys remember our mission? What's the mission? We glorify God by helping people believe in, belong to, and become like Jesus. That's what we're here to do, right? And we need to be healthy in order to help people be healthy, right? Um, so uh, that's why we come to church. That's why we read our Bibles daily. That's why we uh, are in a group, a community um, of believers, because we want to be healthy, vibrant, vertical followers of Jesus Christ. So um, next week, we're going to get back into our study in John. We'll be in John chapter 13. So if you want to read that this week, that'd be great. Uh, I didn't put any passages in the bulletin for you to read, so you're going to have to write down some stuff. John 13, that's the first passage I'm going to give you. You can read that and be ready for next week. John 13. Um, so today we're going to focus on values. Um, our values as a church. And um, our values reveal who we are and what we stand for. It's how we think, it's how we act, and uh, it's how we speak as we glorify God. Values are what define us and set us apart as a church. You could see how important values are. They make us distinct. Matter of fact, we're marked by them. When I'm out in the community, I should be marked by these values. And uh, I want to be known for these things. We call them vertical values because we want to be a vertical church. So these are our vertical values. I'm going to give you five. I just want to warn you right now at the beginning of the message, this is really five messages in one. Um, I could spend uh, a series on each of these topics, um, but at least I could spend uh, 40 minutes of preaching on each one of these topics, um, each one of these values so that's uh, some other day, huh? But today I'm just going to try to like really get it down to 40 minutes on all five values and get it all packaged up. And at the end of our time, you're going to have an opportunity to commit, because it is a commitment, to be in a group 
to have fellowship, authentic fellowship with one another. So um, that's where we're going. That's our target. Let me pray for us right now. Father God, you're here. I've felt you. <laughs> I've felt you in the worship. I've felt you in my heart, in my spirit. Your spirit is here. I've prayed that your spirit would be across this auditorium. I've prayed that the blood of Jesus Christ would cover each uh, person that's in here, um, each person that's come to church. I pray that it would cover the kids in the kids' ministry and the adults that are serving so faithfully to train them up in believing, becoming, and, and uh, uh, believing, belonging, and becoming to Jesus Christ. So, God, I pray, I pray, I pray, I pray that something that's said right now from your word would resonate in our hearts. It would cut us to the heart. It would pierce us. But that we would feel so loved by it. And that we would surrender to your love. And we would be filled with your spirit. Again today or for the first time. Anoint us God that way. We pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. At Lift Church we are committed. First of all we're committed to Jesus. Can we just say that? I mean, Jesus is the foundation that I'm going to lay these uh, vertical values on. So let's just be, can we be clear about that? Everybody gets Jesus? Okay, Jesus is our guy, uh, and uh, he's the Lord. Uh, he's the one that died for us. And so um, just a couple passages on that. You can look them up later if you want. 1 Corinthians 3, 11 says you can't build on any other foundation other than Jesus. Okay? 1 Corinthians 3, 11. And then Ephesians uh, 2, 20 says, uh, built on the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. There's nothing we can build in this church on anything less or, or, or else than Jesus Christ. Okay? These are vertical valleys built on Jesus Christ. And then last, I would just say this, Matthew 16, 18 says, I will build my church, Jesus speaking, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So the church is a big deal. The values of our church is a big deal, and at Lift Church, we are committed to these values. The first one is lifting high the name of Jesus through worship. Lifting high the name of Jesus through worship. Let's say it together. Lifting high the name of Jesus through worship. Now, we just spent a time of worship, corporate worship. We did it with giving. We did it in singing. I don't know, but I was praying a little bit during that time as well. There's a lot of different ways we worship the Lord. You worship Him by being here. Praise the Lord. Thank you for being here. And you're giving worship. You're ascribing worth to a God that is bigger and better than and any of us and all of us put together. Lifting high the name of Jesus through worship. John chapter 4 is where we're going to find this. So go ahead and flip over in your Bible to John chapter 4. I know we've preached this recently. And uh, I, you just can't get enough of this verse. I think I've preached this verse and uh, the context around it maybe ten times in our church already in eight years. Um, that's how important it is to the lifeblood uh, of this church. So you're going to want to have this passage memorized or at least highlighted in your Bible. You're going to want to, you know, sometimes your Bible might just fall open to this passage because it's so critical. And um, I'm going to start in verse 16. I'm going to cut out some of the context. Uh, it's the woman at the well. Jesus is speaking with her. It's astounding that he's doing that because he's a Jew and she's a Samaritan. But Jesus loves all people. In case I've missed it uh, and didn't communicate this yet, Jesus loves you. You're here. You're hearing my voice. Just as if Jesus was speaking right through me. If Jesus was here in the flesh, he probably wouldn't look like me. He'd be much better looking. But if he was here in the flesh, this is what he would say to you. I love you. I love you. Nothing you could do would ever change that love for you. I unconditionally love you. It's that love that pursues us. It's that love that chases us down when we're running and wanting to do our own thing. Don't lose sight of that love. And he was loving her well. Here's what Jesus said in verse 16. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. Because she wanted that living water. So he's going to get her there. Um, it's an interesting thing uh, to say go call your husband. But uh, I think he was getting to her heart. Hey, um, And the woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband. 
for you have had five husbands. Wow, (laughs) that's even astounding in today's age. And the one you now have is not your husband. So you're shacking with a guy and he's not even, you're not married. What you have said is true. Kind of. (laughs) He says it's true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where we should, uh, that we ought to, people ought to worship. Okay, let's just stop right there. So, let me unpack some things for you. (laughs) This woman has a problem. Jesus has put his finger squarely on this problem. It's a worship problem. Did you see it? She says, sir, I perceive you're a prophet. And Jesus is loving, so he doesn't say it, but I'm thinking it. Um, Ma'am, I perceive you have a worship problem. You're worshiping men and not God. You've tried to one guy, two guys, three guys, five guys, and now you're trying number six. And it's not going to satisfy that God-sized hole right here. And so... He points out, first and foremost, her idolatry of man. And I think we all struggle with idolatry. Do I have, do you have a worship problem? Maybe. Well, could we just uh, press into that for a second? Here's uh, five things I wrote down. Top five things I worship instead of God. Because if we're going to lift high the name of Jesus in worship, we might have to be putting off some things in order to put on that. Right? So here's some five things I need to put off. Uh, Top five things I worship instead of God. First, self. Me. Me, monster. <laughs> me, 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 me. Me, meister. Me, ramalama, ding dong. The me man. Me and up. Having a me time. You know, it's just crazy. Self. What I want, food. Okay? When I want it, the way I want it, I mean, it might be a McDonald's or a Burger King commercial at this point. What makes me happy? My personal time, what I want. Um, Dads, watch out for that. Your family needs you. Moms, wives, watch out for that. I know it's natural. When you get married, um, you start to strip that away, a little bit of selfishness, right? When you have kids, a little bit more. You know, when you have this little me monster um, that's dependent on you. But we can be uh, accountable to one another. We can remind one another that me isn't important. The Bible says he must increase and I must decrease. Brent just said that. It's John 3.30. Number two, work. My career, money that I make from working, security in that money, my identity, these are all things that I worship instead of Jesus Christ, and they are not going to replace him. Stuff, number three, stuff. I love that word, stuff. Stuff in general. These things, my things, everything that I want and have, my house, my possessions, collections, I'm a collector. Beanie Babies, I went through that phase. My wife and I were dating and newly married. It was like we had all these Beanie Babies. It was amazing. Oh, yeah, we've collected everything. I'm not even going to, I'm just going to stop there. That's enough. Here's the thing. It's not wrong to have stuff. Say it's not wrong. It's not wrong to have stuff. What's wrong is when stuff has you. If you're going into debt because of stuff, then you've got a problem with contentment and you've got a worship problem. Me too, right? There's no reason to go into debt for stuff, material things, goods. Stuff can be an idol. Uh, this, number four, entertainment. Uh, sometimes I go on Facebook and I'll just browse that. That'll spend or waste some time. Um, <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, you know, all these things, fa- fantasy football, I should be wrapping up, I think. Um, Sports, TV, internet, games, movies. Again, not wrong. But when I'm so engrossed, 
Uh, we were watching the game yesterday. Sorry about that. And uh, I was really rooting for Kirk Cousins and, and hoping that he would get another chance at the end of the game to like testify to Jesus Christ. That's why I really root for the Vikings is because I think he's a godly guy and I, I just like want him to be able to ha- be interviewed again and kind of twisted, I know, but like you just root because they have purple and yellow, right? Um, but uh, I don't know. It just, but you know what? Even in defeat, you can be godly and I'm sure he was and I didn't see his press conference, but I'm, I'm excited uh, to see it. Entertainment, not a bad thing. But my son, as we were watching this game, some sit- sin- sitcom comes on, you know, and he's like, hey, when I'm older, maybe I'll watch that. And I was like, eh, be careful. That'll suck you in. He's like, yeah, I can see that. Where, you know, just like once you watch one show, like don't they call it binging on Netflix? It's like I got to have another and another and another. And uh, is that idolatry? I'll let you be the judge of your own heart. Or maybe you should just let Jesus be the judge because he is. Okay, this last one, family. Family, wife, kids, uh, sometimes my wife or kids have been an idol to me. Putting them before God is, is definitely not the thing I want to do. So I think I've proved the point. Um, we sometimes have a worship problem. Um, and worship, just in the Old Testament, means this, to fall, to prostrate yourself. In the New Testament, it means this, uh, it's, it's to uh, kiss the ring or kiss the hand, Right? And um, to give or to pay homage to. It's really to ascribe worth. And so what are you going to ascribe worth to? You're here, praise the Lord. You're here, you're ascribing worth to God right now in this moment. I'm not going to, that's awesome. Well done. But it's not just one time a week, right? It's not that you show up at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning and you say, I love you, Jesus. See you in a week. That's miserable. If you did that with your wife, she'd probably kick you out right? You need to uh, be a little bit more uh, relational during the week than that, okay, man? Good tip? Good? All right. Um, Let's read the rest of the passage, verse 21. Here's what Jesus says to her. Jesus said to her, woman, dear woman, loved woman, the one I want to get to so badly, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem, will you worship the Father? So we know who we're worshiping. We're worshiping the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. The Jews are God's chosen people. Until Jesus died and made it for everybody, Gentiles, it was basically just God to the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers... You see that? There's true and false worshipers. Which are you? I want to be a true worshiper of God today. We'll worship the Father in spirit. Not just outside, inside. And in truth, what we're saying is correct. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit. There's our verse. And those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. The woman said to Him, I know the Messiah is coming. He who is called the Christ. Isn't that how it gets when we kind of like, oh yeah, no, I know some things about Jesus. And so, yeah, I got this, God. <laughs> okay, your little knowledge not going to cut it. Okay, so, Jesus is nice. So when he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Literally, I am God. I am standing in front of you. I am the one that you just called Messiah. I am it. I am he. And he gave it away. And she ran. I can't go to the rest of the story. She ran to town and told all of her friends. Now, how embarrassed would a person be that was married five times, going to the well when nobody else was going to the well, and yet now her life radically changed by the blood of Jesus Christ, by by his testimony and love, she's telling everybody about Jesus the Messiah. That's a God story. So cool. Here's the thing. What we really want is to have an earth shattering, right? Window rattling. Life changing. Life altering encounter with God. And not just on Sunday. We want to have it every day. We want to have a high impact relationship with God. So let me give you some things to improve your worship experience. How can I improve my worship experience? That's what I asked myself this week. I'm like, okay, if I'm going to talk to them about worship, how can we, how can I, how can they improve their worship experience? 
whether it's tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., I don't know, what's your time? Or whether it's Sundays at 10, right? Or 9.30 if you come early. All right, here it is. First, come early. Come early to your time with Jesus Christ. You're like, I don't have a time. I never set a time. Well, maybe start with that. Put an appointment on your calendar. God's worth it. And come early to that appointment. Set a time. Come early. Okay, two. Come ready. Be prepared. What's your plan when you come to God? Are you going to read the scriptures? Do you have a Bible reading plan? What's your plan um, for him to speak to you? What's your plan for you to pray back to him? Are you going to journal? Are you going to watch a message? What, what's what's going to be? But come ready. Have a plan. Three. Come eagerly. Come eagerly. You know, if your time's in the morning and, and you're not a morning person, I realize you're going to be like, I need a cup of coffee. I'm a morning person. I'm like, let's go. I get out of bed and I'm like, alive, alert, awake, enthusiastic. Like I'm doing jumping jacks. It's so fun. Not everybody's like that. Maybe you needed to have your time with God in the evening where you can come eagerly, right? Um, Or during the day, either way. Come eagerly, participate, be excited, be all in. It's not a duty. You don't have to do this. Matter of fact, if you don't want to do it, stop doing it. God wants you hot or cold. So you know, not for, he knows already. He wants you hot or cold, not lukewarm. So you can just stop meeting with him if, if you're not doing it, you know, other for than duty, right? Well, let's do it for because we love him and he loves us and it's a delight. Okay, then this, number four, come consistently. Commit daily. Commit to come to church weekly. Are you going to be here next Sunday at 945? That was a resounding you haven't asked us anything that you didn't uh, let us answer before, so I didn't answer that time either. Sorry, I've asked a lot of questions, haven't re- let you respond. I mean, literally, are you going to be here? Like, are you going to be here at 945? Is that on your calendar? Is that, like, unless I'm working to make money to pay the bills for my family, I will be here. That's how I feel about it. Come consistently. I'm here. Come hungry. Come hungry. Be desperate for God to move, work, and change you as you meet with him. That is lifting high the name of Jesus in worship. That's what that looks like. I didn't give you the abbreviation, so let me do it. Unashamed worship. Write that down. Unashamed worship. And then uh, this last thing, the key word is worship. So worship is the key word. Okay, let me roll on to the next point. Hopefully I've covered that, and I've spent a lot of time on that, because worship is a lot. And um, again, I could preach messages on worship uh, series. Number two, this is a value, not only lifting high the name of Jesus through worship, but proclaiming the authority of God's word without apology. Preach the word, right? And, and you're, you're like, eh, I'm not a preacher. This point isn't for me. This is your point only, Steve. And I've wrestled with that for so long. Like, the Bible says, go baptize and teach. You're supposed to teach people. And he says there's a particular way that we as Christians are supposed to do that. We're supposed to herald it. We're supposed to proclaim the name of Jesus. We lift up our voice. Hear ye, hear ye. The king has spoken. That's what we do. And it's not just for pastors. It's for every believer in Jesus Christ. Okay? I enjoy my job. I like doing what I do. Um, There's not many preachers, teachers in that way. But we're all called to speak in a herald way the good news of Jesus Christ. So proclaiming the authority of God's word without apology. Um, The nickname or abbreviation is unapologetic preaching. And the key word is preaching. Flip over in your Bible to 2 Timothy chapter 4. The word here is preach. 
The word here is preach. In the Greek, keruso. It means to herald or proclaim. It stresses gravity and authority of the message. Not the messenger, but the message which must be listened to and obey. You must listen to this. You must obey this message. I have to get it to you. There's an urgency there. 2 Timothy, let me start in verse 1. Chapter 4, verse 1. I charge you in the presence of God. Well, we're in the presence of God right now. So, hey, I'm listening. And of Jesus Christ. Well, he's here too. Who is to judge the living and the dead? Are you living? Then he's judging. Are you going to die one day? Then you're going to stand before him as the ultimate, righteous, perfect judge. Want to be covered by that blood at that day. And by his appearing and his kingdom... He appeared once, he's coming again to set up his kingdom. For now, there's a church which is trying to build the name of Jesus Christ up until he comes back to reign as king in his kingdom. Here's the next word. Preach! (laughs) Preach what? Preach the word! That's what we're doing. Be ready! In season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming... When people will not endure sound teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. I don't know if you've been to a church like that, where the pastor just makes you feel good. This is not that church. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. But I'm also, you know, as I'm trying to lovingly encourage you and show you the scriptures, I'm feeling convicted. And maybe you're seeing that. And that's coming across to you. I'm hoping that in, in, in some ways you're feeling convicted too. But never, never, never condemned. Right? There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. If you're feeling condemned right now, Satan is speaking. If Satan's speaking, you need to get him out. Get that sin issue out. Get that heart issue out. Whatever it is. Stop. Repent. Get that out. And no more condemnation. I'm not preaching condemnation here. I'm preaching The Word of God, and if it's bringing you under conviction, that's the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. I love that. When God says, not this way, this way. That's so clear, God. Thank you. I want to do what you want. I want to follow you. Praise the Lord. That's good conviction. That's why we preach. Not after their own passions, and will turn away from listening to the truth and wandering off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, level-headed, balanced in our thinking. Endure suffering. Oh, I didn't want to see, I don't want to read that. There's going to be suffering, just like Jesus suffered. Do the work of an evangelist. How's that? Hear ye! Hear ye! That's how. <laughs> he preached the word. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. God has given you a ministry, every single one of you. You're in full-time ministry for the Lord. Go fulfill your ministry. And he's given us a way to do that. Herald the word. Speak about it. Speak boldly about it. And uh, we'll get more to that in a second. Preach the word. Be ready. Here's a verse for you. 1 Peter uh, 3.15. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. So I'm not telling you to be obnoxious. To go to your work, to the break room, and just start yelling. That's silly. What I'm telling you is to let your life live loud. And when people ask, and, and be probing people. Be dropping hints Be giving them reason to ask, right? I'm always asking people about themselves and, hey, did you grow up going to church or do you have any sort of faith? If what you're believing is not true, would you want to know? Like just just giving them little tidbits. Be prepared to speak the truth. So how can you be prepared to speak the truth? Well, you're going to have to know it, right? You're going to have to read it. 
we have these Bible, New Testament Bible plans. We want everybody in our church to read the New Testament every year. Not going to apologize for that. We think that you're going to be healthier for it. We don't think it's that hard to do. I think it's 283 or 84 days. You can miss a lot of days. Some of those chapters are really short. Some of them are longer. You might break them up. But you can read the New Testament this year. I believe, you, I believe in you. I believe you can do it. And I, I know God wants you to do it. So we have the plans out there so you can check the boxes so you know you can track. Otherwise, you end up reading the same thing. Romans 6, 7, and 8 all, all, all the time. Because it's fun. 6, 7, and 8. 6, 7, and 8. That's all I got. Anyway. Read the whole thing. And uh, there's a plan back there on the table for you. I'll talk more about that in a second. Um, Ezra 7, 10 says this. For Ezra had set his heart to study the law. That's the word of God. The law of the Lord. And to do it and to teach his statutes and his rules to Israel. So study the word. Read it. Know it. Understand it. Apply it. Do it. And teach others how to do it. Okay? All right. And then these last few words. Reprove. That means expose sin. You know, if there's a sin in my life. I don't mind if you reprove me. Expose that sin. Bring some chapter and verse to me and, and just let me know. This is the sin I see in your life. And uh, I think how people respond to that shows a lot about how they're living. Rebuke. Rebuke is to warn of sin. So you can rebuke somebody. You can say, hey, I don't think you should do that. Don't, don't, don't talk about people that way. Don't gossip. The Bible, in, uh, this is a great rebuke. You could use that. In our church, it would be awesome to re- use this. Um, in Titus chapter 3, he says, warn someone who's being divisive, who's speaking about other people, who's quarreling, who's, who's causing division in the body. Tell them to stop, right, being divisive. It says, warn them once, warn them twice, and then have nothing to do with them. You still think Jesus is a teddy bear? Jesus is a loving God, but he's firm. And when he says something, he's clear about it and we need to teach that and then exhort encourage obedience that's what i'm doing today i'm exhorting you i'm like come on let's obey god together this week patient teaching it's a matter if you walk out here and you're significantly changed or not if you'll come back tomorrow or next week i'll be back too and we'll patiently teach every week until god just keeps chipping away at our heart and keeps rounding off the rough edges hey that's what we're going to do church to offer hope and freedom in Jesus Christ. The question that begs to be asked, are you willing? Are you ready to proclaim, to herald Jesus Christ? That's our mission, to help people, right? And uh, I want to help you. So we have the New Testament reading plans. Hopefully it'll be a big help to you. Um, if you're not willing or ready, what can we do? What can, how can I help you get started and start to prepare? All right? We'd love to do that. Just come up to us afterwards. Um, we'll have people down here front to pray with you at the end. Um, just come up and ask us, and we'd love to help you grow in that relationship with Christ, in that ability to proclaim God. All right, I got three left, and I got ten minutes. How are we doing? Not good. It's okay. We can just be honest about it. So let me fly. You feel like you're drinking from a fire hose right now. Yes, you are. Uh, but you know what? Just take it all in, write down as much as you can. Again, we'll have messages on these in the future. Just want to set five vertical values. Believe firmly in the power of prayer. Believing firmly in the power of prayer. I don't know if you believe this. I at one time, I don't think, did believe this, but prayer is the actual work. We were in a staff meeting earlier this week and somebody came in to pray over the connect registers and they spent an hour or two praying in my office over the connect registers. I've never felt so empowered to lead our staff because I knew somebody was praying as we were leading. That was awesome. It's the best ever. People come early, they pray. During the service, let's pray. Afterwards, let's pray. You know what? There's this upfront prayer ministry that happens. And I know it's been sporadic. It's been hard. We got people going everywhere, and it's hard to get everybody there. 
All of our small group leaders are invited to be up front at the end of the service. It's fine. Um, I'm just telling you, our elders, our deacons, our coaches, our small group leaders, they all want to pray with you. If you need prayer for any reason, don't be afraid to come down front at the end of the service. Even if it's like, I'm thinking about getting a new job, would you pray? Yes, we'll pray. You need to pray for that. Whatever it is in your life, that one thing that you're like, i got to have this, God. I'm desperate for it. Then let other people help you. Prayer is the work. Okay, I'm just going to say it to you straight. Guys, there needs to be more people down front after church every week. Why? Because we can be honest in that way. I need your help, Lord. Honestly, we all need his help, right? There's no shame in coming down and saying that. As a matter of fact, we got to debunk that notion that because I went down, now I'm getting saved again. Or now I'm like, oh, something's majorly wrong with me. Stop that thinking. When Satan says that to you and you want to walk out the door, turn around and come down front. Maybe it's just to pray for someone. Because there's so many people down here that need prayer that we need more people to pray. That's what we're going for. Unceasing prayer is the way we say it. Unceasing prayer. As in we're always praying. Here, 1 Thessalonians 5, we'll put a little exclamation point on it for you. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in every circumstance. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Is that clear? Do you know what the will of God is? Man, I really want to know what the will of God is. Well, there you go. Let's pray without ceasing. And let's be grateful in our prayers. So much more I want to say about that. Let me just give you five things here. Prayer is. I'm just going to nail it. I'm going to turn over to Ephesians. Prayer is. Prayer is. So let me read the verse from, from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. I'm going to pick it up. You can read, again, verses 10 uh, through 17 for the context. It's the armor of God. It's so powerful and precious. I want to read it for you, loved ones. But you, you, you get the opportunity. Just mark this in your Bible. Put your ribbon there or something. Go read it. Praying at all times in the Spirit. Not selfish prayers. With all prayer. What does that mean? Fervency. Urgency. And supplication. What does that mean? Petition, request. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance. Keep doing it. Don't stop praying. Making supplication, petitions, uh, requests for all the saints. Who do we pray for? We pray for other people. Prayer is this. It's private. It's just between you and your daddy. Prayer is private. It can be public. But even in public, who are you really praying to? I'm not praying for you all when I pray before the message. I'm praying to the Lord. You're just getting to hear it. You're getting to enter in. It's private. Prayer is personal. He's my father. It's intimate. I like to have conversations with my kid, especially in the morning and the evening when we're bedtime or when they're just getting up. When they just get up, they're cuddly. They like to be cuddled up and, 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 you know, you can have a good conversation with them. That's kind of how I think about God. He's a loving father just waiting for you to roll up into his lap and just tell him all about it. It's just talking to God. It's just telling him and it's asking him. Isn't that, isn't it, doesn't that make your heart burn? Just that little illustration. Doesn't it make your heart burn to roll up to God today? And you just sit there and just to say, God, here I am. I know you're there. And I know you love me. And I know you care about every intimate detail of my life. It's so personal. And then this prayer is passionate. I'm pretty cranked up about it, obviously. It's fervent, it's urgent, there's tears, there's joy, there's shouts, there's cries. It's a celebration that I even get to talk to the God of the universe and that he's listening to me. It's astounding. 
to go boldly to the throne of grace. Practical. It helps me. Prayer is practical. It helps me. It, it changes my perspective. It brings clarity and direction. It, it sets my course. It changes me. I have better days when I pray about what my day should be like. God, what do you want me to do today? How can I help you? Change your prayer. Not how can God help you? That's rabbit foot prayer. Okay? Change it. God, how can I help you today? Ask that question of God. How can I help you today accomplish your mission in Rochester, at Mayo, wherever you work? How can I help you today, God? I'm yours. I'm your servant. I want to go do your will. Let's go. It's practical. And then it's persistent. Continue in prayer. Be steadfast. Every day, all day long, pray without ceasing. Colossians 4 says it really good. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. That's that gratefulness again. A lot of gratefulness in prayers. A lot of positivity in prayers. There's some lament in prayers too. I get it. But have that positivity. At the same time, pray also for us. That God may open a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. He was in thrown up for, for declaring, for heralding the gospel. That's Paul. That I may make it clear, which is what I ought to speak, the way I ought to speak. Give me a second. That really leads us into our next point. But I want to give you the two applications of this point. Don't you like it when your pastor looks down at his paper through his bifocals and he's like, the two application points are on the next point. Okay, good. All right, this is number four. Sharing the good news of Jesus with boldness. Sharing the good news of Jesus with boldness. That's a vertical value. We want to share the good news of Jesus with boldness. It's a lot like preaching. Preaching is about not apologizing. This is about just getting the word out there, being bold. And um, unafraid witness is the way we say it. Unafraid witness and the key word is witness. Really, it's one who testifies. We witness. It's one who testifies. All right. Here it is. Uh, I'm still in uh, Ephesians 6, in verse 19 and 20. Say it well, so let me just read it for you. And also for me, that words may be given to me. So pray for me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Isn't it a mystery? Why would God ever love us? Why would he send his son to die for us? How come we can put all our sin on the table, that's all we bring, and he'll give us all his righteousness for free? That's a mystery. It's the mystery of Christ. It's the mystery of the gospel. For which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. He said boldly twice. That's how we ought to speak. It's just really simple. When you have an open door and ask for the right opportunity, Open your mouth, That's bring the right words, and focus on Jesus, always the focus on Jesus. Speak clearly, that's plainly and simply. Speak boldly, that's confidence in Christ and his work and grace in your life. That's what we're doing. We're sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with boldness. All right, like I said earlier, two action points on this. Here we are. One, tell your God story. Uh, I have mine written down. We've encouraged everybody to write it down. This is it. Just one page, front and back. I keep it in my Bible. Uh, at times I'll give it away to people. Um, I'll tell people. I don't read it for them a lot of times. I'll just say parts of it. But do you know your God story? Have you written it down? Type it out. I would love for you to send it to me. Sdedrick at liftchurch.co. I'd just love for you to send me your God story. I'd love to read it. I'd love to know how God changed your life and, and what part uh, he's played in, in, your, in your story. And then this, use the invite cards. I have two in my wallet right now for this new Lyft church, and I'm just inviting people. I invited somebody at a Walmart the other day. He was like, oh, yeah, you know, and we got into a conversation. I was like, hey, you should come, 10 o'clock. Like, we need to do that. Why would we not do that? That's sharing the good news of Jesus with boldness. You know, if they come here, it might change their life forever. They might have a deeper, more meaningful relationship with Jesus Christ. They might even start a relationship with Jesus Christ. And we might have eternity to spend with them. How awesome would that be? 
All right, I need to move on. Both those resources, uh, the invite cards and the Bible reading plan are on the back table. Um, so you're going to have an opportunity to pick that stuff up and apply the message however you see fit. Um, I'm just planting the seed. Okay? Water, maybe. It's God that gives the increase. So if God compels you to pick up some of those things and to use them this week, praise God. We got a, we got a Holy Spirit inside of us that's just ready to kick butt and take names. Did I say that in church? I hope I did. All right. <clears throat> Number five, devoting ourselves to authentic fellowship. Devoting ourselves to authentic fellowship. This is uncommon community. That's how we abbreviate that. Devoting ourselves to authentic fellowship. Keyword here is fellowship. It's koinonia. I would love to preach on it. I told our leaders about it, our group leaders about it yesterday. We read through John, First uh, John 1. In the first four verses, it talks about connecting with Jesus Christ and his followers. And the next several verses, 5 through 9, it talks about freedom and forgiveness, how we confess our sins to one another. And then, in Acts, so flip over to Acts. Let's end with this passage right here. This is a high bar, people. I know it is. It scares me every time I read it, and yet I really want it. Um, but Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. Let's just close with that as we go forward. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. I'm in verse 42 of chapter 2 of Acts. And the fellowship. There's our word, koinonia. And the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Come on, Lord. And all who believed were together. And they had all things in common. Yeah, because they had Jesus in common. That's all they needed. And they were selling their possessions and their belongings. And distributing the proceeds to all who had need. And day by day, attending the temple together. Man, be here at 10 o'clock next week and breaking bread in homes. Sign up for a group, but be committed. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Isn't that what we want? Isn't that the vision for our church? That somebody be saved today. Is somebody be saved tomorrow? Is somebody be saved the next day? Somebody be saved the day after that? You know what? And that's possible not because I can do that. It's possible because we all can do that. As the Holy Spirit directs us to the right person, as we speak the good news of Jesus Christ with boldness, uh, as they accept, salvation occurs. And how great is that? It's great. I'll just say it for you. It's great. It's awesome when that happens. It's a miracle. So let me say it this way. We are to be learning faithfully, meeting regularly, remembering Jesus continually, praying constantly, giving generously, receiving joyfully, and praising passionately. This is uncommon community. This is authentic fellowship, and it's not for everyone. It takes devotion to Jesus and his followers. Are you committed to that? Vertical values, lifting high the name of Jesus Christ in worship. Proclaiming the authority of God's word without apology. Believing firmly in the power of prayer. You know what? Belief determines behavior, church. We're going to see how much we believe in prayer in just a second, aren't we? Just saying. And then... Sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with boldness and devoting ourselves to authentic fellowship. These are our vertical values. This is what we're centered around. This is what makes this church distinct, different from any other church I've ever attended or been to. This is Lift Church. All right, let's pray. And I want you to get those commitment cards in your hand. We have commitment cards for groups. If you want to be in a group. 
That's great. We're asking you to commit. You should read through those things as we sing. If you would like to commit to that, please sign the card. Flip over the back. There's two sides. You've got to fill them both out. Flip over the back, and I need you to write your name, phone number, email, but I also need you to write their address, okay? Because we're doing our groups by location. Also, relationships considered and what night of the week you might need to meet. I get that. But we're really trying to reach Rochester, Minnesota by having you in a locale with other people so you don't drive 30 minutes to group. You're just right there in your neighborhood and you're together in arms, authentic fellowship, trying to reach Jerusalem first and then Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. So have that card in your hand. We're going to close with prayer and singing and I'll come back up for a little family chat in a second. Father God, you astound me. I mean, I'm just going to say it flat out. You astound me. The fact that we can get through that message the fact that you've given us those vertical values, the fact that it makes us distinct, sets us apart. I'm just so grateful, God. I'm so grateful that you, in your providence, brought each one of these people here to worship you, to hear your word proclaimed without apology, to pray and be lifted up in prayer. And God, to go out now with boldness, we're prepared to teach others in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.